when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? Welcome to Waypoint 101, the podcast where your favorite people at Waypoint play through a game that they didn't play through when it came out and and talk about it and share notes and decide whether or not we like it or not and kind of go over some of the ideas we had during it. We're still kind of working out the format, but but we are now in our second episode about Binary Domain, our second and last episode. It was a short game. I think we've all played through it all the way. Uh, joining me, Patrick Klepik and Rob Zachney, you both beat Binary Domain. Can I suggest an alternate uh, premise for this podcast, which is not about sure. playing old games uh, and discovering what we think about them, replaying them and, and kind of analyzing right. our thoughts. It's more, can we find games to thoroughly waste Rob Zachney's time and then force him <laughs> to then talk about that time wasting for, for roughly one to two hours over the course of some podcasts and then really just squeeze that out of him? How yep. much he en- enjoyed well, that game. Checkmate, fuckos, because I watched the last hour or so of this game on no! YouTube. Oh, it's still, you still watched it. You yeah, still, still an hour. time. Still an hour. So we beat this game. We, we played through the first three chapters uh, last time. If you missed that episode, go back and listen to that one because – or don't. Or just stay here for this one, actually. <laughs> I've changed my mind. I think the, this game starts to get interesting in the first half but really catches its wave. It, it, it kind of lives up to its potential in the second half. I kind of saw some cool ideas in the first half of that game. But then, but then uh, in the second half, things really – really go for it. And it also kind of focuses down, I think. Uh, you spend a lot of that second half with just Faye and Kane, um, who are probably the most interesting characters in this game. What, what, what do you think? Uh, far and away, like, I think Kane is definitely, I think, the most interesting character to me because he is such a ridiculous he starts out as a completely ridiculous, like conceit, almost like it's it's laughable mm-hmm. that you know, oh, it's the, it's the French robot. Like, yep. I mean, he is this close to running around like beaning other robots with like a baguette and a bottle of wine, <laughs> and yet over the course of the game, he becomes like not only your 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 MVP, but I think just one of the most one of the characters I felt most connected to. Like, th- like it's weird. In that squad, like, the, the story of this game is the squad sort of becoming friends. Kane actually did sort of feel like that relationship was kind of earned. Right. Yeah, right. I, think, I, I, th- I think that's true. And also one of the few characters that you don't, like, in some ways outwi- outright loathe. <laughs> like, 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 Kane, like, Kane is, like, like deeply likable. I actually, I, I, he was the character by the end of the game I wish that we learned more about, like, yeah, me his, too. its backstory and 
Like, how exactly Kane came to be? Like, why is he a French robot? I think, I don't know. I guess I never heard him refer to himself as a, as, as he, but he calls himself Kane. It seems like that's a, it's a dude's name. I'm going to call yeah. Kane Kane. I'm going to call him he. We, he. You're right. We don't get, like, deep backstory on him. We know that he's a member of a Rust crew. We know that he is out and out a, a robot, right? He is not one of these hollow children who has the visual features of a human. He knows he is a robot. But yeah, we don't actually get like deep backstory on him. We know more by the end of that game about Rachel and about uh, the, the the British crew. Even though what we really know about them is like everyone else is kind of shitty. Like the end of this game is you leave your other human teammates for Kane and Faye. Spend a lot of time with Kane and Faye. You meet a new dude who's from the kind of Japanese like resistance against mm-hmm. the robotic and and like the kind of capitalist upper class. Uh, and then you return to your crew. And they are not happy that you have come around on robots. They don't really shit talk Kane so much, but because he's just not around, um, he's well, kind of been separated Kane, from Kane you. But also, Kane is like is different. Like they don't like the 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 Hollow Children specifically. Yeah. Uh, in being right. self aware, consider them to have some form of personhood. And right. like maybe that's true of Kane. Like again, like that's part of I, I like especially given sort of the like personality politics that dictate mm-hmm. a lot of this game and the way the humans and uh, more advanced robots interact with each other. Like, I'd be, I would have been curious to find, like, what is, like, Kane's response might have just been, like, I'm just a robot. I'm here to help. And, uh, but maybe he does have, like, more, like, thoughtful, uh, uh, interesting responses to that. And I, I... There are some moments where he says something similar to, like, like, but I can't think about that, or something very similar to that. It's been a couple of weeks since I beat the game now, right. and I wish I'd taken this one specific note down. But there is a moment towards the end of the game where he's like, ah, oh, but I'm just a robot, so... And I couldn't tell at the time if that was him joking or if that was <laughs> true. If, like, oh, he's literally not wired to be allowed to talk about yes. that thing. Okay, so we've all seen variations on the... Yes. What if they made robots that were like people, but then yeah. the robots had feelings, Whoa, yep. what would be the difference between a person and a robot? We've all seen that a million times. <laughs> yes. What and and the message is always very easy. It's like, oh, totally the robots are people. Like you uh-huh. just need to expand your your definition of consciousness and like personhood. And, personhood. and it's yeah. all good. Mm-hmm. What I like about this one is that the game actually does set up and kind of try and force you to identify with the sense of revulsion these people feel for the hollow children. Like the early encounters with the hollow children are both full of like pain and pathos. They're like horrifying because you're kind of identifying with the robots. But I would yeah. also argue in those early scenes, you're also identifying with the people standing there. Their worlds are kind of being rocked here. And what they're seeing is a profoundly fucked up and also kind of like a grotesque mockery of like the biological, the human. And right. what's cool I find in this game is that it doesn't just sort of flip the switch and be like, dude, the robots are people. And everyone's like on board. Totally. The ro like it, it ends up in a much more ambiguous place where there's like grudging acceptance from some versus like <laughs> other people completely like change sides. Right. Well, and that depends also on what your relationship is with people by the end of the game. And I think we'll get to that in a second. But first, I do want to talk broadly about the thing you're talking about, which is this game ends up digging into racial politics in a way that I could not have expected, even though I knew it was always doing a race analogy. Um, it, it ends up like 
oh, robots are people. Like, who counts as people? Who does the labor? Like, uh, all of that is always going to be tinged with the racial politics. But what I didn't expect was the nuance with which it got into who counts as being a robot. So on top of the robots that are big mechs and the robots that are doing – that are serving you as waiters and waitresses, on top of the hollow children, what you learn in this final act of the game is that there is a third category of kind of what is classified as a robot, which are called hybrids. The the big push at the end, the thing that people are revolted by more than anything else, is that there are robots that give birth to humans. There are and, robots, and, and they can have they, they can have uh, sexual relations with a right. human and right. give birth to a hybrid that has elements of both. Like it has like you know like immunity to disease. Like you know they're they're much more powerful and also like crucially, which makes the, the question for the people who are revolted and or not revolted and or confused is like no traces of any sort of mechanical. Yep. Elements and so they're not mechanical; they're fully biological. And and the the thing that I love about that is there's actually this great exchange at the end of the game. So that's revealed because Faye is a hybrid um, and has been told by the AI that built all the Hollow Machine or the Hollow Children and has taken over the the kind of the visage of this super genius robot creator to face the world. Like he kind of convinces her and shows her the truth about who she is and says like, "Hey, this is the way forward for people. There are all I already." have my hollow children out in the world they're already spreading hybrids throughout the world and and there are already 108 of them and deal with that like they're going to keep having babies and that's it and one when this game came out was like at the height of tea party quote-unquote anchor baby like terrible rhetoric which is super fucking fascinating for this game you can't, have, you, I, I don't i'm not gonna give this game enough credit that it was actually sort of riffing on sort of like american no, but I, yeah. politics but, I, but, but, I the, but, the, but the analogy of yes. sort of like a certain uh uh segment uh majority a certain a a, a privileged majority uh who want to kid Continue having that privileged majority being yes. uh, a uh, uncomfortable by the notion of some sort of other encroaching upon that majority, especially if well, the premise the premise is that it upsets the status quo. And in this version, yes. upsetting the status quo is not just that there are, they exist; it is that they exist and in some way uh, are materially uh, better than them or are, are advantaged in a way um, through their ability right. to like not be susceptible to totally. diseases and and other things. Right. Though, though the, the notion that the AI has is that that group will then sp- spread through humanity and eventually everybody will be immune to diseases and will be physically better through generational shifts. And, and it's always going to be a secret. Like there wasn't a big reveal plan necessarily there until we started encroaching. It's really – it's a really complex thing. And the, the, also briefly – Japan has its own racial politics. It has its own <laughs> ethnic oh, yeah. politics around not only you know the the sort of you know uh, ethnicities that America is caught up in, but with with other East Asian ethnicities, other Southeast Asian ethnicities uh, and cultures and races. And so, like there, you know, those devs could have easily been talking about sure. their own Japanese racial politics. Um, but there is actually a very clear thing at the very end of the game. In, in for for my last cutscene, anyway, you know, you, you fight the boss. There's all, all sorts of stuff that we should get into and just kind of talk about it. At a more surface level, but then it cuts to a kind of wrap-up from the kind of American war room that the whole thing kicked off in, the same place where you first learn that there are hollow children and that there are kind of these these robot stand-ins for people. It goes back there, and it's like the president and his aide and uh, Bergen, the the doctor, the kind of other big robotics company leader. Um, and the, the president is like, so what about the hybrids? Like, okay, we're going after all the hollow children. We know where they are. 
What about the hybrids? And his aide is like, Geneva is pursuing 107 of them. Tracking their locations will take time, but rust crews will be dispatched with termination orders as soon as possible. And Bergen, who is the leader of this other AI robotics company, says like, are we really considering the hybrids as robots? They're completely biological. And the president says they're not born of humans, Mr. Bergen. The IRTA was very clear on this. Besides, the last thing the world needs is more racial tension. And <laughs> the lo- that line at first is like is like this like good gut laugh of like, oh yep, racial tension's a fucking thing. But then the the undercurrent is one um, recognition that race is social, that like, oh, even though they're biological, even though they're made of the same thing as us, like we are categorizing them as a different race because we know that's what's going to happen to them. Like they come from something that isn't like us. They are not human. Two, instead of having racial tension and dealing with it, doing the hard work of do you integrate something that's different into society? How do you like teach people that these people could just be people and you can't? Fuck it. Kill them all. That's like the most cynical answer like to that problem. And it's just fascinating. And like I, that little line for me made that ra- – raise this game up from something that was like touching on something interesting to kind of gesturing to the fact that they had a larger handle on it. That like the president of the United States' answer was like, eh, that's going to be a lot of hard work. Let's just <laughs> – What if we let's just, didn't? What if we just didn't? What if we just killed these 108 people – Instead of them becoming a thousand and eight, and then ten thousand, then a million, that would be way harder because then there'd be all this tension. So what if we just ended them? Um, and for me, like that was like, oh wow, you went there, huh? Okay, cool. Well, and I just I I really enjoyed uh, and found interesting the fact that you know part of the the game's like longer gambit with the character of Faye, who I think a lot of people because she's one of the more interesting personalities in the game, and she's the like the lone sniper rifle. Sniper, uh, sniper yep. in the game. You, I think a lot of people in both my playthroughs, I not accidentally. I mean, I accidentally, but probably not accidentally, chose her as one of the people I spent a lot of time with because it seemed advantageous to have someone with a sniper rifle with me at all times when I was in close quarters combat. And um, it was, but yep. absolutely. Um, and rather than it being something where like three fourths of the game, like she reveals and like, ha ha, I was a robot the whole time, like. <laughs> It's actually revealed – it actually plays upon like the more interesting notion throughout the game, the theme of the hollow children and, and these hybrids being unaware of what their actual past is. Like that was how they were, they right. were able to su- successfully integrate into society without a lot of the larger humanity uh, being aware of them is because they weren't aware themselves. And then so when the dynamic occurs in which she learns of her past – um, goes through some a complicated, although albeit fairly short, arc uh, over uh, – <laughs> You know how she shifts between that. Um, the idea that rather than the entire group accepting, well, Faye helped us. Like, cause there's a version of the story where like everyone's like disgusted and the goes gives an exception to Faye, right? Like, where they like right. generally probably uh, uh, generally speaking would say they are disgusted by hybrids, want nothing to do with them. But then draw this exception. Oh, well, this is one of the good ones, right? Like, which is again right. like plays right. in to uh, uh, like larger racial politics. But they don't do that, and they actually have characters who like remain ultimately disgusted with this person yep. you have aligned with who who at no point have sort of a conversion they they uh are disgruntled and d- decide to fight alongside her depending on how your ending plays out um because there's a larger threat but at no point is there a kumbaya moment in saying uh right. with everyone like there are some people that just say no like this this person is bad this person is wrong this person does not deserve to exist uh whatever good um they've imbued upon the group and whatever uh, good they've done to the group they uh 
they're fundamentally wrong. And I, th- I think it's right. interesting that the game commits. That's part of the, the the advantage of a large group of characters the game does have, even if some of them don't get fleshed out or have particularly interesting backdrops. The fact that they exist to uh, to voice that viewpoint and not shift from it, I, I think, was worthwhile. Yeah, I think totally. this was like it's it's kind of chilling. Like the best you're going to get in that sort of denouement is um, what's the British dude's name? Charlie. Yes, I think uh, so. Uh, yeah, Charlie. Yeah. Charlie and Rachel are the British too. The best you're going to get from Charlie is sort of this like really cold um, statement that like you know really I should just kill you here and now because if yeah. it's not me, uh, it's going to be another Rust crew. Like they're going to get you, and you know you might like there's no point in running, and that's and that's sort of the, that that is what passes for the kumbaya moment, and I like that it comes from Charlie because. I guess I didn't entirely loathe Charlie because, like, Charlie's sort of your um, your classic British spy, and that like this is kind of what he's doing with his like twenties and thirties. But after that, he's going to re- he's going to go back to his books. He's he's a sensitive soul underneath <laughs> all of it. And then like when the chips are down, when the rubber meets the road, he's like, "Ugh, I wish I'd kill this thing." But I guess yep. that wouldn't go over well. So I guess we owe you one. See you in hell. Yeah. Yep. And I, I like that so much more than that alternative that Patrick set up that was like, that is the kumbaya moment. That is the coming together. Like, uh, you know, obviously I like stories when people come together. I like there's a p- place in my heart for people overcoming difference. But one of the reasons I often dislike the sci-fi or fantasy analogy for racism or oppression more generally is that it does not contend with the realities of your friends being bigots, right? That like – Growing up, I had friends who were homophobic and at some point, like, we had to have that moment of like, listen, you need to either – like, what's the the line from the new Twin Peaks? Like, fix your hearts or die. Like, we need to – you need to actually have that conversation where – are you with us on this one or are you just really fucking set in your backwards way? And this game had those moments in a way that was just such a a good surprise for me. There's there's something else – I, I like here as well, and that is the, the like the forces of the status quo, the people who uh, really want to wipe out the hybrids, the hollow children, just just really like annihilate uh, sort of self directed AI in this universe. Mm-hmm. You know, they're saying they're protecting the status quo, and so you get that that line at the end: we don't need more racial tension, any of that stuff. Yeah. But what's made clear, actually, in the early chapters, which I still think are shitty, but they're important uh, <laughs> because what they're establishing is. There's actually already a narrowing definition of humanity right. underway that these right. people are promoting. That like, it's very clear from the start. Like, we don't know much about what America looks like. You get some hints, but like, definitely in Japan, you get the classic undercity trope. But it's very clear that like, as far as the powers that be, the people who live at this level are also not really people. It's just right. you know, it's feral children. It's it's gangsters. It's people like living on the ragged edges, and it really is an effective moment when you sort of like burst to the surface and you see like you know kind of what you come to expect from an anodyne, glossy corporate future, right? It's mm-hmm. uh, it's coffee shops, it's cafes, it's clear skies, it's you know it's polish and chrome, uh, and I think that's an effective juxtaposition that you know. It, because of the pressures the society is under, uh, that competition for resources, that competition for, uh, you know, s- security and stability in this, uh, you know, climate-ravaged world is already leading people to increasingly write off large segments of humanity 
uh, in the name of preserving that order. Right. Well, and then of course that all ends in a a the kind of like hypocritical spectacle of oh we need to we need to secure this evil AI so that we can have it instead of destroying it. Right. Like that is the again that this notion that that. Uh, we decide what is good AI and bad AI the same way that racists decide who counts as white, the same way that you know uh, any status quo decides who is on the inside and who is on the outside. In this case, it is, it is arbitrarily better for us to have this AI and use it than for it to continue existing in the world or, or for it to continue or, or for you to destroy it so that it is not a threat to anybody. Um, and, and that obviously cuts off to a huge boss fight against a big red mech, which oh made me very happy. Uh, I really like that boss fight. Yeah, that boss fight was fun. I I don't know, like I actually really like all of the boss fights in this game, partially because I like the weird mech designs. Um, but I also just kind of had a good time with the combat in this game in general. Someone wrote in to say that they couldn't play with a controller on PC. I didn't have that problem, but I could imagine that being hell. It's, so <laughs> I, I, so I, let me yeah, let controller. me let me tell you. Uh, so this uh-huh. game this game has a fucked up relationship with controllers. I I have spent. Hours in Steam threads, in in YouTube videos. Uh, what? If, what? If you were, if you were lucky enough, that, which it seems like you were, to turn on this game and have it work with a controller, you were like one in a million. Because by and large, so essentially what happened to like technical is like the way Windows yeah. interprets uh, game controllers has changed across like Windows seven, eight, ten. Um, right. And there's if it's like direct input and direct, there's like all what's happening behind the scenes has changed. And so sometimes when you turn on a controller, you're lucky enough that it maps uh, uh, directly. Other times when people turn on a controller, and especially if you're using a wireless controller, um, like for my controller, if uh, I would use the triggers, it would look up and down. Um, like hitting start would cause it to fire a gun. Like it was just mapped incorrectly all over right. the place. And I used a weird script that someone put on Steam that could have been a virus. But it, for the first half of the game, <laughs> uh, it fixed my controller issues and allowed me to use my Xbox One controller. And then it just stopped working and every other solution I used, even manually assigning the, the, the commands to my controller. So, so the second half of the game, I played with a mouse and keyboard. No. And it, it, was, it was not ideal. Um, that sounds like hell. Yeah, it was not great. Because I think the combat's okay. I like the... Uh, yeah. I'm a fan of games with destructive elements. And specifically, yes. I enjoy this game. There's Those robots break I good, man. Always, I always found it satisfying to hear the ding when I got a headshot yep. on a robot. Oh. And that not only was it a ding with a headshot and a, a score that I got attached to it, which I enjoyed. It was it was the ding with the score attached to it. And that also then that robot briefly fought on my side. And you got reputation up yes. sometimes yeah. with your crew. Like there's lots of that. I would mention this in the first episode that like for a game that's about how maybe robots are people, it really like just just pushes you, it immerses you in this just luxurious feeling of tearing robots apart limb from limb. It feels so good to rip yep. the plating off of their <laughs> shins. Like, it's just the best, and that makes me feel bad. Um, another brief thing uh, about this game is, and I mentioned this before, that it comes from uh, some of the developers behind the Yakuza series, and one of the things that I'm really curious about is now, I, I kind of want to go check out Yakuza Dead Souls, the one that's the Yakuza game with all the zombies in it, because there is spectacle in this game that is not... In the Yakuza games. Like, Yakuza games are, despite being open-world games where you run around and get into, like, huge fist fights on the top of, you know, towers and there are explosions and stuff now and then, this game has spectacle in spades in that final third. 
where there are, you know, helicopter chases and there are, you know, you're running on a bridge as it's collapsing. And none of it's like A-class material. Don't get me wrong. But I liked seeing that team explore that stuff and try it out. And I want to see them do that again. Uh, and it kind of bummed me that – I mean this game sets up – depending, I guess depending on your ending, it sets up a sequel that I wish we had gotten that could have maybe yeah. – fixed some of the things but more than anything i want to see this team do big budget action just to see it again um maybe we should talk about how people's endings played out if we got anything different you want to talk about yours first austin well so i got the best ending i got the ending with i maxed out my reputation with everybody um did anybody not get that and then we can Maybe. I do not think I would have gotten the best ending. I'll say that. And <laughs> I've watched some. I've watched some not so great endings that I was probably on track for. Um, so well, I guess we should talk about what the best. What the best ending actually is, and then we can work yeah. backwards. Yeah, that's a good idea. So there are a bunch of things that happen at the end of this game. So you 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 wind obviously it's the, it's the end of a game. You wind up going to confront the the leader of this uh, corporation who builds robots. You, it's revealed that he's been dead for a long time, and that he uh, has been replaced by the AI, an AI that he built, kind of unleashed AI. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Who's the one who built the hollow children and then those kind of created the hybrids. Um, and then you get to this moment where it all comes down to a head. You've, you've, at this point, Faye has been revealed to be uh, a, a hybrid and she's working on the AI side instead of your side. You kind of fight her to a standstill and you have the opportunity to, to – or Dan has an opportunity to kill her. But like in his heart of hearts decides, at least for me, he loves her and so and, – and owes her one, right? Because she saved his life a couple of times at this point. And so he shoots in a way that makes the team think he's killed her, but haha, he hasn't. He just shot near her head. He didn't shoot her in the head. Classic Dan. Uh, and then you go to destroy the the robot AI, and it's revealed that oh no, the U.S. Army wants to stop you. So then that's where it all kind of comes down to: what is your what do you, what level are your social links at? Did you max those out? Did you go get pizza enough times with Big Bo? Um, and there are like a couple of things that happen in a row. So. Big Bo and you, so Bo points dumb. a fucking gun at you, and he's God like, listen, man, come on, Dan, don't you know you can't trust hybrids? Listen, Dan, it's orders. It's orders is orders. And if you have a high enough reputation with him, he will have your back in the end. He's like, you didn't think I was really going to shoot you, did you, Dan? <laughs> um, which is good. Is it good? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, because because Bo could have shot me. Like, I think there's a version of this game where this. I almost like the version of the game more, uh, where your relationship with Bo falls apart because you've grown and he hasn't. Yeah, right? like that's the, that's the that's the one I wanted. Like, I understand that by getting the social link, Bo sides with you. But the more yeah. you're right, the more interesting version of that relationship is where it they've bonded over so many really shitty things, like misogynistic yeah. shitty things. Like they're both bad people in a lot of ways. And, and I don't really understand, like, the relationship, the romantic relationship between Faye and him are, is not earned whatsoever uh, in between that game. Between 
between Faye and Dan. Faye and Dan, yes. Yeah. Um, I thought that I thought for a moment that you had gotten to sort of Bo and Faye relationship. I was like, whoa, wait a second. No, Bo um, and Dan. If you get their social link up enough, then yeah. things start happening with Bo and Dan. Um, That's what I'm talking about. As much as you know, I find those characters like kind of shitty and reprehensible. You identify them as as close friends, and so for them to fall apart on sort of like these ideological lines of like what it means to be human or accept right. these th- th- this personhood as, a, uh, as 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 acceptable would have yeah. been an interesting fault line in that relationship. Um, so it's like I get you. I briefly felt yeah, like Big Bo. Uh, but then I was also like, oh, like that's a less interesting wrinkle for yeah. for that final moment. So if you the thing there is he needs to be at very high for him to not betray you. If it's even if it's high, which is like level two, it's it's uh, he'll still betray you. Or level that's level you're in the third kind of they're kind of four tiers. It's like starting and then like middle and then high and then very high. So if he's in that third tier, he will still betray you, um, which is which is at least kind of interesting. Like I can imagine a lot of players didn't use him that much. And didn't get up to very high. Uh, the other part there is that if you have very high with everybody, Kane shows up via jetpack or jet boots and like just kind of drops in and it's like, yo, the squad's all here. Let's go. And that was actually, again, this like, ah, oh, yeah, like action movie, anime. But I was like, ah, mm-mm. I, I kind of wish Kane had just come back on his own behalf and not because I maxed out everything with everybody. I don't think I got, I don't think I got Kane to come. Oh, that's a shame. I got, I got things like I got good pictures when Kane shows up, everyone kind of goes like back to back and you get like that, you get the kind of like really cool shot of all six of you or whatever, like getting ready to fight the big robots. It's, it's, it's nice. Um, but I guess, is there also a way for Kane to come back and then Bo to fight? I guess you didn't get Kane at all, right? I don't think so. Huh. Um, yeah, I guess I'm looking at this chart now, and it, it says uh, these are the combinations of how they affect each other. You didn't fulfill the requirement for Kane to come back or Bo to be loyal. Kane won't show up. You'll have to fight Bo. Rachel will die protecting Faye. That's interesting. Rachel yeah, dies protecting good. Faye. That's huh. interesting. Wait, what's the what's her argument? Like, why does she suddenly like Faye? Was she like secretly pro Faye the whole time and just kind of kept her mouth shut? I need to go dig up that ending now. Yeah. Also, you fulfill the requirement for Kane to come back, but not for Bo to be loyal. Kane will come back and save Faye, and then you'll have to fight Bo. There is also oh wow. So you could do a thing where like Kane doesn't come back, but Bo dies protecting Faye. I want to see all of these scenes. I need to dig these scenes up because those seem like leaps for those characters. Like I need to know if there's like some dying words that they say for why they protect Faye. Because <laughs> based on what I know about like I hope Bo is just like Oh, you're really hot. <laughs> I'm Big Bo. I'm like, <laughs> and then he dies. And then he dies. Exactly. So, so yeah, that's that's uh, the end of that that's, game. You know, is, you you laugh, but that's about the level of dialogue you would expect that they gave to Big Bo throughout the entire game. Yeah, no, that's that's about right, probably. Ugh. Um, any other takeaways from the end of this game? I'm glad that uh, Faye and Dan don't get together, and that she says she has to go off. On Wait, his own. did you not get the post-credit scene? Uh, I guess I didn't get that. There's Am I wrong? Uh, oh, I hit Alt oh, F4. I, hit, I, I, thought... I, I hit Alt F4 because it doesn't let you skip the credits. Sorry, game. <laughs> There's a yeah. I didn't I need to, I didn't see second. the credits twice. There is um. They get together. Well, there's oh. like Faye is walking through China, right? Uh-huh. Uh And and robots show up. Robots plus people, and they're like, "You got to go," because the the president. Remember, was like, oh, there's the 108th one, but yeah, the rest yeah, yeah. are getting her now. 
and uh, they come to shoot her. And she, like, turns and, like, pulls out her sniper rifle. And then, like, machine gun fire comes from behind her. And it's Dan, who has just a huge machine gun, who, like, jumps down from a building and fucks up all the robots, scares the people off. He doesn't kill any people, somehow. And uh, they all <laughs> retreat. And all the robots get destroyed. And she's like, like, I didn't think you'd come. And he's like, oh, you know, I work things out. Or, or whatever the fuck he says. Oh, that's way less interesting oh, than mine. You it. ruined it. You just ruined Sorry. it for me. Because it was Sorry. way more interesting that Faye acknowledges and accepts that they have something and could have something and says, no, I need to go yeah. do my own thing. Like, that's... Okay. Yep. Okay. That, well, mm. Mm. Uh, Yeah, and that to me is where I was like, mm. oh, they are setting up a sequel. That was oh, definitely yeah, sure. like... Oh, this is going to be a game about Dan and Faye fighting for for robot rights or whatever. Which I would have um, played that game. Yeah, me too. Like that's the thing is like I definitely was ready for like I wish this had been the first game. I wish we were playing this because a sequel had been announced. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like I think that that would have been all right. Mostly because, like, I don't think it's a perfect game. I think this game has lots of problems ranging from its characters are kind of contemptible to, like, the action is is okay but isn't going to, you know, change the world for you. But at the end of the day, I just kind of liked being in it. I wanted – I wish I could wish that it had the Yakuza open world stuff a little bit. I liked talking to characters in that world. I wanted more goofy side stories. Like, I would go to a, a Mahjong parlor in future Tokyo. Like, let me do – let me go to karaoke with, with Faye and Big Bo. Come on. I, I guess I, I turned around where I, I liked the characters more than you guys, I, I think. Like – like, not in that they were likable way. You, it, okay, there's a difference between likable and liking the characters themselves. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of them were not likable, but I liked the characterizations, with the exception of Big Bo, I think, because, like, he's just... This is not a game of, like, great subtlety, but even by those standards, no. Big Bo is, like... It's like he stumbled in from a different game, or... You know what I mean? It's it's just it's yeah, very cartoonish yeah. uh, at yep. times. But I think for me, what what started to get at me, Austin, is just like you describe how great it is ripping these robots apart, and I like you it. enjoyed all those b- boss battles, and that's the stuff I really found myself getting really impatient with. Uh, in part because like I have never liked the boss battle structure where it's duck and cover around an arena, aim for the weak point repeat for like 10 15 minutes and then eventually the big thing falls down and and dies like and that this game goes to that structure an awful lot and i know it's a familiar structure but like it really did feel after a point where it's like every five minutes i was in one of those damn battles and i think that's one of the things that really turned me off i love the set piece stuff like i you know it, it wasn't perfectly executed but those parts where you're like whipping along in cars and like getting in these running gun battles that stuff is cool but the boss battles weren't doing it for me however good the the robot design was and also i just didn't think i didn't really enjoy it as a cover shooter that much either i felt it felt like slow and cumbersome and my squad mates kept pushing me out of cover uh which which was really infuriating you should replay gears of war which is is for me like just as slow if not like i don't know i i maybe maybe i just had a bad time with gears of war 4 in a way that more people didn't but like I didn't feel slower cumbersome here compared to so many other third person. You know what? Or like the division, frankly, like third person cover based shooters are often very slow and cumbersome. And I think I've just kind of internalized that at this point. And I'm I think for me, it was life. just all the stun effects. 
like all. Yeah, no, like, so I, I'm with I'm with Rob. Like the, I okay. I often felt that I was not able. You're right that it has the same sort of lumbering effect of a lot of those types of games, but I often felt that the enemies we were facing, especially the bosses, had the ability to stun you and keep you on the ground and force you to use a medkit in a way that did not feel congruent with my ability to move as a character. Sure. I By the end of that game, like, I don't know if I just upgraded my gun the right way or what, but, like, nothing could fucking stop me. Like, it was... I was not even in cover by the end of that game because nothing could show up on the screen without being destroyed instantly. Like it, which felt like it, it, it scratched those itches that I try not to let get scratched by games anymore in terms of like pure empty power fantasy, like pure muscular, like, ugh, I just want to tear these fuckers up. And it, it totally worked for me, mostly because of the animation on the way robots fell apart. And the fact that like, so like a good example is early on in that game, the worst enemies for me to fight were those shield enemies who would just fuck me up. Like I just couldn't get a, yeah. a fucking shot in underneath their shields. And by the end of the game, because of the accuracy uh, and the damage was up on my gun, like two bullets would very quickly get under the shield and they would just collapse into a pile on the ground. And I was like, I'm just the best. Like no wonder Dan is a survivor. No one can fucking touch him. Blah! And like <laughs> it was it was a good feeling. for. So I don't know. I, I think maybe I just got – I'm the one in ten who maybe got the lucky build or something, where I wound mm. up having. It the I right think it's time. just. I don't know. You put Austin Walker in a robot shooting gallery. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter if you're pro robots. robot or against it. It's just that's that's right. Austin's. I will. That's where Austin belongs. Listen, here's a complaint. That game should have actually done something from a, one of the Gears of War games, which is put me in a big robot. Put me in the big robot suit. I wanted to kill the guys in those big American robot suits and get in one of their mechs for that final God, boss fight. Yeah. That would have been really fucking good, especially if your whole crew did. Ah, uh, ah, uh, Binary Domain 2 coming never. This note Accurate. comes in from, let's see, uh, this one's a really good one, from Baron Von Baron over on our forums who says, Everyone got so angry when I chose the goddamn uh, dialogue option. Come on, we just fought a giant spider robot. <laughs> goddamn is absolutely the appropriate reply. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the game was deeply inconsistent yeah. at communicating or giving totally. you any sort of agency or creativity in your answers because it tied the system. Every single answer was tied <laughs> to an up or down binary yep. system in a way that did not feel organically connected to why they should react. Like, there should have been times where it's like, yo, just let me say what I want to say and you're not going to approve or disapprove. But at the same time, as someone that. Didn't care that much about what ending I got because I'd played it before and you can look up things yeah. on YouTube. I found it deeply funny when I would say – like there's a, a moment in the battle where uh, Faye has turned on your group and she uh, – these ninja characters are fighting you. And she's constantly – as she's sniping at you, uh, yelling at you and you're given, given an opportunity to yell back at her and you can, you can say things like stop or like, oh, no. I just kept yeah. shouting, I love you. I love you, and I just want—I just like to imagine that Dan was just sitting there shouting, "I love you, I love you!" like over and over, and I was like just cracking up the whole time I was doing it. Just spam. I just love I was the, trying to make the battle go longer so I would get another opportunity to say I love you again. God, I just love the the conversation system. Really, is like uh, Marshawn Lynch simulator. Like it, it really. What do you, what do you think of that? Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. No. It's it's really it's really funny, and I guess <laughs> I apparently don't. I'm know only here what... so I don't get fined. Why right, was that not right. an answer? <laughs> God, 
uh, it's it's why do you, they call it binary domain, guys? Because it's, it's only good things or bad things. It's binary. Boo. That's why, hey, I mean, actually, the reason that it seems like they call it that is because you're either a human or a robot, right? Like, I don't care if you're this weird middle thing. No, you're a human or you're a robot. Did David Cage is, consult on this game? I mean, he might have. I don't know. Uh, this comes in from C.A. O'Connor, who says, So, fun fact about Binary Domain that I don't imagine you guys knew. Travis Willingham, the voice of Dan, and Laura Bailey, the voice of Faye, are married, and Troy Baker, the voice of Charlie, was the best man at their wedding. <laughs> the three of them are part of an interesting close-knit group of video game voice actors that all started out doing dub work for Funimation before getting big, and are, with the exception of Baker, in a long-running tabletop gaming YouTube series DM by Matthew Mercer, another Funimation alum and the voice of McCree from Overwatch and other stuff, with a bunch of medium to big name voice actors. I think that's Critical Role. I think Matt, Matt Mercer GMs the Critical Role series. Uh, I played a game with Matt once and it was it was fun. We did a game called um, Dogs in the Vineyard. I think we talked about it actually on this podcast forever ago. Look that up. Uh, and then and C. O'Connor uh, adds, and this is maybe the, the more meaty part of this. Also, Austin's point about hollow children as a metaphor for passing is the robots are passing for human without even knowing it. As someone who passes for white and only had it revealed in their late teens that they're mixed race and that, they're ethnic, and that their ethnic identity is way more complicated than they thought. The, revela- the revelation that the Hollow Children have is, while definitely a way bigger and dramatic than what I've gone through, an odd flavor of relatable and applicable to me, with the eventual reveal of Faye's parentage perhaps being even more so. Perhaps I'm being selfish, but I feel like the game opened up the opportunity to explore Faye's reaction uh, to the reveal. Oh, sorry, but I feel like the game oh, – it does just say that. Uh, perhaps I'm being selfish, but I feel like the game opened up the opportunity to explain Faye's reaction to the reveal and then does very little with it. The Let's Play I watched of Binary Domain was actually quite some time ago, so I may be forgetting some scenes. Anyway, good luck with the continuing book club. Maybe find a game next time that gives a better first impression than Binary Domain. Fair. <laughs> Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think the stuff around passing is throughout that game really interesting and then gets more complicated by the addition of the hybrids who are passing in this other way, who are passing like not just visually but biologically, like part of what Dan's defense of Faye is. Like, but I I stitched her shut. Like, she's a person in there. She doesn't have any metal robot parts. (laughs) And then his friends are like, still don't count. I can't believe you're a robot lover. And like, whoa, okay. It's like that. Okay, thanks, (laughs) Bo. This last thing, I'm just going to read an excerpt. This comes in from... Uh, Owen Kettleson, who actually went on Medium and wrote a long piece about uh, his playthrough of the game for our for our club, you can you can look that up at medium.com slash Owen Kettleson K E T I L L S O N. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read this this section. After the player learns of the secret robot premise, it's hard not to look at everything in binary domain under the assumption that someone will turn out to be a cyborg in the end. It's kind of a Chekhov's gun principle, a natural trope of storytelling that is well trodden enough that people will pick up on it right away. I think it's a fair assumption that most players come out of the flashback early on in the game thinking, okay, clearly someone important in this game is a robot. Let's try to figure it out. This makes Binary Domain into a kind of passive mystery game on top of being a third-person shooter. Regardless of their ever- of their original intent, every event, character, or even game mechanic gets put through the are-they-a-robot ringer. For example, when meeting Faye, the player might think, this Chinese sniper showed up all alone saying her friends died on the way over. Is that true? Or is that something a robot would say? Uh, And it can go on and on. The player can and will second-guess just about everything under this examination. Is this point-based character trust system away from my potentially robot self to emulate human relationships? Am I nicknamed the survivor because I survived near-death experiences in the past? Or because I'm a robot that can be brought back to life if I die? 
Binary Domain starts to suffer here because its mechanics and narrative beats can't bear the weight of the player's constant scrutiny. Take the voice dialogue system, for example. When it works, if it works, it can produce moments of real intimacy between the characters and the player. But the system isn't going to tell you if anyone is a robot or not. It's just a neat way to make the characterization of Dan and his squad mates more immersive. But the structure of the game's twist doesn't encourage the player to revel in that immersiveness. It encourages them to be playing detective and analyzing every word choice of theirs. The player can't regularly make bonds with the squad mates when the premise of the game's plot puts walls between them instead. And he kind of goes on to say, unfortunately, Binary Domain does not, for him answer this Chekhov's gun premise. He's not very satisfied with the the hybrid stuff at the end of the game. Go read that. It's actually really good. Again, you can find that at medium.com slash Owen Kettleson. Owen hyphen Kettleson. Um, I, I will say I was convinced it was going to be Dan. Like I too. was like especially because that early scene, it's the second time you see a hollow child get like yep. brutally murdered uh, when you're in the undercity. Uh, yep. it, it's kind of an excruciating scene, but Dan's reaction to it also like seems particularly like nuanced right like you, you can sort of see he's maybe identifying with the the hollow children more than everyone else who just walks away and i was thinking yeah. like yeah that's right you're pre- like you're, you're on some level you know buddy you know and so i was like kind of smugly like waiting for that reveal and mm-hmm. it made the faith thing uh probably a little more satisfying well, and there's this whole other reveal though right which is that the uh, we didn't talk about this at all. We only have like five minutes left. But the the reveal from one of the things that's interesting about this about Dan's position on on Hollow Children and on uh, quote unquote scrapheads is because he's actually called a scraphead lover at the end of that game, not a robot lover. Um, is that it seems like his position is that the he doesn't want there to be a world in which robots have autonomy. Right. They can't. It's bad if robots pass for human. It's bad if robots do things they're not supposed to do. But when you, his backstory is revealed, it's it, and it's done like in a single cut scene. It was kind of that there's a flashback of him beating up a robot with a baseball bat. And bit by bit, we get more and more of that scene until finally we see the whole scene. And it's his father drunk asleep on the couch. Dan with a bruise on his face, his mother with bruises on her face. And what's revealed is that. Dan is upset that the robot who, like, is their household cleaner or whatever didn't step in to stop his father from abusing them. And that was like, oh, your real problem is that robots aren't human in the sense that they can't have compassion and that they can't step outside of their programming and do what's necessary to save you um, and, and to make people's lives better, which maybe explains part of why he comes around on Kane, right? That, like, Kane consistently does the the thing that is necessary to help people. Um, and that's, I don't know, like that ended up being this whole other element that I wish they'd gotten into more with him because it it does put his essential relationship with, with robots in a different place than like what Big Bose is, which is just, no, they shouldn't be like people. Or maybe they're, or, or, or they're, whatever his moment is just not revealed to us. Like, I think True. that would, I would, have, I would have loved to have known more about the individual body. Like, okay, some people are just straight up roboist, right? Or personist. Right. Like, right? Like, there are going to be people who just, just fundamentally on a guttural level don't have a rationale for why they feel that way, except that they feel threatened. But right. I thought it was interesting that at least with Dan, they gave him sort of an emotional, like reason for his reaction and his like sort of contradictions in his reactions. And I, I, my guess is more often than not characters have would have had some sort of moment that helps define why they feel the way they did. Yeah. 
in general, I wish we'd gotten more character stuff. Like, I yep. think that ends up being that ends up being the takeaway. Again, it's one of those things that makes the Yakuza game so good is lots of time spent with the characters. Uh, all right, I think it's going to do it for us for this episode of Waypoint 101. We haven't quite decided the next game, but I have I have some ideas in my head. We should talk about it off mic, and maybe maybe we'll put up a poll for the next one. How, how's that sound? Mm. Yeah, and people should jump into the thread and, and suggest ones if there's if there's games you think would be good that we have. Yeah, to totally. I, I will. I will. Once this thread goes up, I'll drop uh, a poll in there off mic. We should decide like four or five games that would be yeah. good. I have some. I have some good ideas. So let's do that. Uh, until then, you can find me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Rob? Uh, at Rob Zachney. Patrick? Uh, you can find me at Patrick Klubbick. And I would mention one thing with this game is that uh, if you have apprehension about uh, the combat or, or you you tried it and didn't get into it, I think this is the kind of game that you could watch a Let's Play of and still yeah, get a totally. lot out of it um, and not feel... Uh, the mechanics, I think, are interesting but uh, and, and are, are fine, um, and your miles may vary based on your uh, love of uh, mechs and dismantling of mechs, um, but yep, I think true. you could watch a Let's Play of this and get largely a, a lot of the discussion aspect out of it um, just fine. Yeah, I bet you can even find like a, a YouTube video that strings together the cutscenes yeah, in a probably. way that makes yep. sense. Yep. That stuff's out there. That, those are cool. I love it when someone is like, I'm going to turn this into a two-hour movie. That stuff is rad. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, as always, shout-outs to Tim Barnes. You can find on Twitter at TimBarnes451 for doing this this great production work. Uh, and shout-outs to Bowen for letting us use his song, Miss You, off the EP panel machine. You can find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. And find everything that we do at waypoint.vice.com. Peace. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.